Would you like to accelerate your career and reach your full potential in just minutes a day? Welcome to the LeadX Show with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. What's the secret to creating a calmer, more fulfilling life? Hello, everyone. Kevin Cruz here. And in just a minute, we're going to talk about how a day of rest can save your life. But first, congratulations. You believe in lifelong learning. You believe that to achieve more, you must become more. You believe that leadership is the key to making a difference. Whether you listen during your morning commute or maybe on your morning run, you know that LeadX is the smartest way to start your day. Tell your friends, LeadX helps you to stand out and to get ahead. And today's one minute career tip is let it go. Too many of us are feeling overworked, overwhelmed, we're stressed out, and left unchecked, we can hit a breaking point. A powerful strategy is to let go of the things that are out of your control. The first sentence of the classic serenity prayer is, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. At work, every single day, reality is unperfect, unfair, imperfect. You have to manage a project but don't have enough resources. You have to get a contract out to a new client but legal is sitting on it. Your laptop is old. Your Wi-Fi is slow. On those days when you feel that you're at your breaking point, I want you to do something. Take two sheets of paper out. On one, write down everything on your mind that you control. That's your new task list. On the other sheet, write down all the things that you're worrying about that are out of your control. And take this second sheet, crumple it up, and throw it away. To quote the words of the amazing leadership guru, Disney's Queen Elsa, let it go. With a PhD from Yale and an MBA from Cornell, our guest today takes a unique approach that blends inner work and practical skills training. We love the practical skills stuff. She's an expert on time management and well-being. She's been featured on national media, including NPR, Chicago Tribune, USA Today, and CNN. She's the best-selling author of It's Hard to Make a Difference When You Can't Find Your Keys. And her new book is An Oasis in Time, How a Day of Rest Can Save Your Life. Our guest is Dr. Marilyn Paul. Marilyn, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. I am looking forward to it. And you know, I always start out with the same first question. I'm hoping you'll tell our listeners about a time when you actually failed, maybe early in your career. What did you learn from it? Well, I am an organizational change consultant, and I work in organizations all around the country. And early in my career, I was working at a brewery, a big <laughs> brewery. And I was working with a colleague, one of the um, senior managers there who came to work drunk. Oh. And I told him so. You can't do that. And that was a failure. I did it poorly. I didn't um, use the right approach to help this man. And um, I was out of there. That was a failure. So how would you do it differently today? First of all, I would talk to his colleagues. I would get to know him better. I would establish much more rapport. I was quite young and I felt I didn't understand alcoholism. I didn't. I thought, well, don't do it. Don't right. come to work drunk. And that is not helpful for people to hear. Now I understand he was struggling with an addiction 
And I think I humiliated him. I did it in private, of course, but it, it, I would do it totally differently today. I would take much more time, get to know him, talk to his colleagues very judiciously, find out what had been done before and start very differently. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it, Marilyn? When we were, when we are uh, just starting out in our careers and much younger, everything seems so simple and black and white. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty straightforward. You cannot do this, but I was the one who left, not him. Right. I went from there on to many other projects and learned a lot. I feel like failure is one of life's greatest lessons. So I did learn a lot. Yeah, I always say it's really you can't win and lose. It's win or learn. I mean, we we yeah. learn from everything. You know, failure is feedback, one way or another. It's just feedback. Absolutely. So tell me, Marilyn, your your new book is an oasis in time. Why did you decide to to write this book? Did anything sort of trigger it as your next project? Well, over time, I've worked more and more with clients where people are overwhelmed overworked. And for many of them, many of the people in the clients I work with don't see how to take a break. There's always something else to do, something important to do. And even weekends are full of either work or errands or just catching up. And I could see that they needed to learn how to pace themselves. That sounds, when I say pace yourself to many people, that means slow down and don't do a good job. Mm. But I myself, about many years ago, learned about keeping a Sabbath, and I started to very reluctantly (laughs) and discovered that it actually does save my life. I do have a PhD from Yale. I work all around the country, and if I did not have a full day off each week, and I mean off, I would not be able to accomplish what I've been able to do. Okay, so I wanted to dive more deeply into this. And uh, listeners, I've probably, if you've read you know, my books, you know my story that I could have killed myself or others around me when I was in my 20s with my first startup, first couple of startups, because I thought it was all about the hustle. And I was one of those people who I shake my head at now that thought I'll, I'll, there's, there's time to sleep when I'm dead and vacations are for wimps. And, you know, I was working 10, 12, 14 more hours a day. I would be pulling all nighters routinely. And what it was almost looking back, it's almost like at some point I got so overwhelmed. I couldn't even see it. It it was like I was drunk because how good of a leader could I have been when I was that overworked and overwhelmed? How good of a salesperson could I have been? How creative could I have been? And so this was a hard lesson uh, for me to learn. And I agree, Marilyn, like I think that time off is rest and recharge. We will be more productive if we take more breaks. Is there any research that you think supports this? There's a lot of research that supports this, all kinds of research from neuroscience to people who study rest and sleep. There's a researcher in Europe, Sabine Sonnentag, that has actually shown that when you take time off for relaxation and she requires for the real rest, complete mental detachment from work Mm -hmm. and a different kind of mastery experience. So according to her word, and this leads to tremendous gains in productivity. And according to her, Rest is not just like lying down flat on our backs watching TV. 
Rest is actually detaching from our everyday life, turning towards something different, whether it's our pets or our children or arts and crafts or something athletic out in nature and doing something that allows our brain to rest. And the resting brain has been proven to lead to more creativity. So let me let me play devil's advocate. Sure. What do you say to those who would say, but I love love my work. I I'm happier when I'm working. I, I could say, you know, in this case, you know, I'm a writer, and so yes, I I work seven days a week, but I love researching. I love writing. Taking a day off that would be more stressful to me. What do you think about that? I think that everyone's different, <laughs> and for some people, that's true. And for some people, though, there is there are scary moments when you break your regular habits. And I would ask those people to honestly look at their days and say, are you really productive? Or are you filling your days up with busy work? Are you getting what you want to get done? Because indeed, we're all different. There's some people who only require five hours of sleep a night. But when I work with people, I find that even the people who say they love to work around the clock, and that was me, I have workaholic tendencies myself. Mm. I never wanted to take a day off a week. In fact, I'm surprised to be having this conversation with you now. It's sort of not me or not my earlier idea of myself. Right. The benefits are far more profound. It's not just rest. It's the way we connect with other people. Mm. It's the potential to have insights into our own lives. It's the ways that we can reflect on our own steadiness and bring our level-headedness back into our often chaotic and frantic lives. We become an island of calm in a world that really is swirling. And I would add that people who who wonder about the benefits that they should at least try try it, you know, taking a Sabbath for for several weeks. I mean, I often will say I'm too busy for those breaks or to get on the treadmill. And yet anytime my business has had an exponential breakthrough, that idea or that connection or that contact came not when I was doing my normal work, but when I was on the treadmill or walking in the park or, you know, away for a couple of days. Absolutely. And what I often say to people now, because the idea of a day off a week or even the idea of a Sabbath, which a lot of people don't like the idea of a Sabbath, I say, okay, let go, just as you were saying, let it go, let go (laughs) of those ideas and start with an hour that you really set aside. You put your phone down for that hour. You allow yourself to stop trying to achieve anything and see how you feel. Right. And if you like it, you can add another hour. So what in your own case, because you said, you know, this didn't come easy to you. No. You had workaholic tendencies. What was the hardest part as you sort of made the transition? I imagine there's, I imagine it is hard at first and there's sort of a, a detox, you know, backlash for a little bit before you feel the benefits. So what was your own experience like? Well, my first, I was introduced to this idea of a day off a week. I'm Jewish, and I was invited to a Shabbat dinner 
by a friend and many, he asked me several times, no, I didn't want to go. Finally, I went and of, and I loved it. There was a piece. People were singing songs. It was really delightful. But I went home and went back to work. <laughs> so the first, then I learned that I could do this with other people. And I added an hour at a time. Never in my wildest dreams did I think I would end up taking a day off every week. But I kept seeing the benefits accrue. Mm. I got better. I got more focused. I became calmer. My life became happier. And when I met my husband, who was not interested in this type of practice, I said, well, this is what I do in my life. And the reason I wrote the book is we had to compromise. Mm. The book comes out of taking very different views about this idea of a day off and make, making it accessible to people who might not want anything religious at all, who do want playtime, but how the heck do you do that and actually carve out a day a week? It does seem impossible. But you've done it. I've done it. And a lot of others are too. And people, the, I, I'm actually amazed at how many people I meet. And in my book, I give lots of examples of all kinds of time off. In, in fact, I met a woman who worked for a government agency, had a very dry, numbers-crunching job. And her idea of a great oasis in time was to volunteer at the local ER for about three hours on a Friday night. Wow. Well, you say, what's restful about that? But for her, it enabled her to completely detach from work, get back to where real people really needed her, and she felt enormously refreshed. That's amazing. And, and I, I want to know, I'm also curious about the role of, you mentioned the mobile phones, digital technology, because there's maybe a lot of people out there who are saying, oh, yeah, you know, after once I'm home Friday night, I don't I don't work until Monday morning or maybe Sunday night. And yet and maybe that's true. They're not working, but they're every two minutes checking their checking their smartphone to see what's on Facebook or Instagram or it's it's my kids. It's Snapchat or their uh, news addiction, CNN or whatever. I mean, do you think like looking at the phone is okay if it's not work-related or you feel we need to sort of do this digital detox as well? I like the idea of a digital detox. And there's also a friend of mine takes what he calls a tech Sabbath. Tiffany Schlein, the, the filmmaker, takes a tech Shabbat. And I think there's enormous benefit because we're all addicted to these right. devices to practicing staying away from them because our experience of life changes when we stop checking our phones. And maybe we're not checking every two minutes. Maybe it's every five or every 10, but it's enormously beneficial to just tuck them away in our cell phone sleeping bag, close up <laughs> the computer and see what life is like without the digital input. Noticing everything that's going around us, connecting with those who are closest to us, getting in touch with our feelings, even if that could be a little scary sometimes. Yes. Amazing things happen when we put the phones away, right? Yes. And people experience often awe. 
and awe, you know, in a way, awe is like we're living for those moments where we say, wow, here we are in this amazing planet. And research has been done on awe, and awe helps us be happier, kinder, and more creative. So we want to make space in our lives for those heart-opening moments when we can notice who we really are in this beautiful universe of ours. That's great. Now, Marilyn, we are coming to the end of our time, but before we wrap up, I always like to ask our listeners, hey, let's just get a little bit better every single day. So I want you to challenge us. Give us a challenge. What's something you want us to do today that's going to help us to fulfill our potential? Well, I would say every day, just for starters, take five or even go wild and take 10 minutes where you consciously step away from your digital devices, maybe stretch a little bit, take some deep breaths, and remember what it is that you love about life, what it is about you, you love about the people in your life, and what you are here for. Just do that for five or 10 minutes a day. It can be profound in helping you recenter yourself and give you the energy to go back into the fray. That is a beautiful challenge. Marilyn, thank you for coming on to the LeadX show. Please tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and your work. Yes, I would love for your listeners to go to my website, marilynpaul.com, and there they can download a chapter of the book. They can get other, um, they can learn how to do sort of what I call quick start for a slow time. <laughs> they can learn how to just do this quickly and easily and get that deep refreshment right into their lives starting today or tomorrow. That is great. I love it when you have uh, uh, resources available so that we can take that quick start. Friends, you've just been mentored by Dr. Marilyn Paul. Don't forget, you can get the links she just mentioned and the notes from this interview over at leadx.org. You can also download my free ebook, Richard Branson's Seven Secrets to Leadership at leadx.org forward slash Branson. Until next time, remember, leadership isn't a choice because it's all about influence. You influence people when you speak up and take action, but you also influence people when you choose to be silent, when you choose to be a bystander. You're always influencing. You're always leading those around you. The question is, how will you lead today? <laughs>